Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. I think we are live. Welcome, everybody. Uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with just the two of us for a second time. And uh, subject to my uh, half-assed attempt to replicate Enda's job as producer, host, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, everything else that he does uh, that goes underappreciated or unappreciated by, by people other than Alan and I, perhaps. Uh, so, Alan, good to see you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, James. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, it's about a little over a weekend, so still sound like Kermit the Frog. I think that's an upgrade over Barry White, which was, well, was about five days ago. So, uh, although my wife not say that, may not say that uh, <laughs> for Barry White. Um, okay, well, let's start with the uh, the Motherwell game. We have two games here to lo- to go over. Uh, hmm. Game from Saturday, a refreshing Saturday game. Um, and by the way, please, anyone who is watching, please do comment. I am going to try to read some of the comments and do what Enda does rather than completely ignore it because I didn't know where the button was like last time. Um, so f- feel free to jump in if anyone is watching uh, or if it's just you and me, Alan, and we didn't even go live. We'll figure that out later. Um, so, yeah, just a basic summary, what you're thinking on on the uh, the Motherwell performance. Yeah. So uh, when we did the preview of that game last week and I think Enda asked us, you know, what? what we're hoping for out of it. And I'll be interested you know, to see whether you got what you wanted out of it. But what I said was what I was looking for was more defensive solidity and more cohesion in, in midfield. And I feel actually that's exactly what we got from that game. Uh, and, and I would you know, characterize it with by control. You know, we controlled the game pretty much from beginning to end. And what was a nice counterpoint with the French Faros game and the Motherwell game was, I think they were very, they were very similar in some respects. Um, but opposite. Whereas with Motherwell, it was a case of scoring early and then and then controlling the game and keeping them at arm's length. And if you're a boxer, continuing just to rack up the points rather than going for the the the, the big the big punch. Whereas with um, French Forest, it was a case of being very patient and staying in the game and then taking a chance when it came. But both games, to me, displayed a level of control which we hadn't hitherto seen that much this season. And the end result in terms of things like XG, possession, number of shots, what have you, were quite quite similar as well uh, across the two games. So I feel pretty comf- uh, happy about that. Fred, it's nice to say that after after a few, you know, the, the, the weeks and months that we've had since we've started doing this um, over last season. And this, that, 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 that cohesion and that, uh, the player, and this is and this is this is a sort of non-data thing, I suppose, but I could probably find ways in the data to explain it as well, which is the players looked comfortable and happy in the system and they looked like they knew what they were doing better it looked it looked like the two weeks break had been put to good use and that the the understanding and the partnerships and there were a couple of wobbles 
Starfelt and Carter Pickles had both had wobbles, um, and communication was a bit crap sometimes. But um, generally, I thought the the shape and and the, and patterns started to emerge. So, for example, another example of cohesion that I would give would be you know Carter Vickers to Rogic down that right side. The number of times that he found Rogic against French Varos, especially. Uh, with forward passes was was I think you know I don't I can't remember I think it was seven or eight times maybe during the game so just little things like that little little areas of understanding and and, and cohesion starting to emerge so I feel like I got what I asked for so I can't I can't I can't complain <laughs> yeah I, I generally agree I the um the one issue and when we talked about on the preview on Friday um the, I I shared your desire to see uh the defensive cohesion i i agree the patterns of play and you know i think that the time off and working on some things seem to be um you know beneficial i mean in that and and you know and has been talking about this consistently about this being a project not and i don't even take him uh as much i mean it certainly applies in this context as far as uh structurally across the club but also just playing his style um, and them still being on a learning curve. So it really is um, gratifying to see kind of the, the patterns develop and get more consistent. Uh, so I, I, I share your, in, in, as boring as a subject as that is, I share your enthusiasm on it. Um, where I'm probably a little bit more concerned is, so we also talked about on the preview as far as the, um, the fact that Motherwell was probably being overregarded heading into the game because of their, yeah. their their place in the table, and how from open play they actually have not been very good this season. Um, I think they're like I don't know somewhere around ninth or something. Yeah. I'm going off memory as far as uh, in in the league as far as the amount of chances that they've been creating uh, from open play, and um, you know defensively they've been you know. Uh, fortunate, shall we say, and not conceding more goals. So they've kind of benefited from conceding probably less goals than they should have. And we talked about where they've been scoring a bunch of headers from cross balls that may not work out in the future. So we saw that kind of both sides, which is Van Veen missed that big header, um, which, you know, in the first eight games, they were scoring pretty reliably. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that exact chance, but that kind of chance, because it was a decent chance. I mean, uh, I I, I watched all of their goals before the uh, before the preview and you know they've I think they've scored at least three headers from farther away and you know more difficult chances so far um and the other thing on, it, that we I, I mentioned in the preview that um was the issue about our attack and that's that's where I think there's some really fertile area for, to discuss today so let's dive into that because um you know we had the Jota had his goal and then um, this is Motherwell. I'm speaking. Going back to that, that's still. And then uh, Turnbull, obviously, with his you know wonder mm-hmm. strike, the the, the knuckleball uh, that flew into the top right corner. Um, but but those were not really, you know, I, the con- the contrast between those two goals and the chances, and really the overall chances in the game, the location of those chances, the quality versus what we saw yesterday, for example, mm-hmm. and how we when that game. Um, changed where they came out of their kind of low block a little bit at least and we just started ripping them open and those you know those through balls from um jota and and mikey johnston and you know obviously the ingenious one from jota from deep 
uh, to Kyogo on the goal. I mean, it, they created chances that are, you know, three, four, five times the probability uh, versus what that Jota goal was versus Motherwell and, you know, 10 times better than what than what uh, Turnbull's was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I still, what, what do you think is going on with what we're doing relative to um, kind of narrow defenses and low blocks or even yeah. mid blocks? Because I, I, I've actually been a little surprised. Um, maybe it's probably my naivete and the fact that I'm not very good at this is um, I, I thought we'd see a little more pressing from teams that could, could do it. Um, and we haven't people, I think people are just happy. And for the most part, looks like I've been the dumb one. I mean, when they, when teams are sitting back, not really high pressing us kind of picking us up around the halfway line uh, and playing narrow and relatively deep, we've struggled even including yesterday. For a time, yeah, and, and again, you know, again, we, we, Motherwell and French Forest aren't going to be the best teams that we play. But I think sometimes when you win a game, you kind of retrospectively dismiss the, the quality of the opposition. I mean, Motherwell are, are a decent, solid mid-table side in SPFL, but we've struggled away. Um, I, I, almost, I almost likened the game in terms of outcome and some of the approach that Motherwell took in terms of the defensive shape to that game last. I think it was last season where you know Lennon's team was really struggling. Lennon was struggling. And we went to Motherwell, and I think they matched. They matched. Well, they, they played three, and they played three very, very exactly as they did on Saturday. They played three high, and they were so easy to play play through. We broke the first line with every pass, just about. So immediately you're you're got you're you're against seven, and you've got three people trying to cover the whole of midfield. And um, I think we won four one, but off like XG of maybe two, right? But that that, that that this game wasn't like that because we exerted complete control and dominance over Motherwell. We you know we we did, we did pass through them. But we didn't let them get anything on at the other end either. So I, I, I would be more more enthused about that overall performance. And in terms of chance creation, which is where I think you were concerned to touch on that point, what we saw a little bit um, against Motherwell is a is a bit of a renaissance of McGregor as an attacking uh, threat, as he created. You know, he, he actually provided five chances, which probably is, is, is the top. Is, is top uh, top top marks for the season in terms of uh, you know key passes that he's, he's provided, and he was also the the most apart from Rolston, believe it or not, he was actually the he he, he provided eighteen uh, packing passes, so you know line breaking passes as well um, in that game. So I think that really helped the team in terms of creativity, um, you know. So that, that and, and he carried that on a little bit against Ferenc Varos, where you know again he, he provided two key passes. He, he had a packing score of over 100 in passing, 21 pack passes. So I think we saw, we were seeing a little bit more. I think McGregor has been perhaps not at his best this season. He's had his injury. And I think the last two games have seen him contribute much more to the creative side of the team. I think that's really helped the overall team. Um, and then you've got the, like you say, the, the, the very creative players like Yota, um, uh, that's sort of icing on the cake, if you like. Uh, Turnbull, uh, Rogic, a couple of chance, couple of uh, key passes against Ferenc Faros. Um, Turnbull, three key passes against Motherwell. Rogic only one, but but he did get an assist. So, um, so yeah, I think I think I think I, I think we played a lot better in that respect. I think we were creative and all, uh, and I think maybe McGregor being, you know, being that fulcrum a bit deeper has helped in that regard. 
So I'll, I'm going to, for because I'm the host here in name only, I'm going to push back on uh, from, from not, not necessarily because I think this, but more so just to catalyze uh, conversation. So what, so talking about control and um, uh, structure, I think, I think those are conceptually um, good things, but does it sound like Ange ball? Meaning that when I think of uh, when, you know, people use this uh, horrible phrase, Ange ball is, um, you know, kind of the last 15, 20 minutes yesterday or, uh, you know, decent stretches of the Leverkusen and Betis games where it was kind of open and, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, f- flying by the seat of your pants watching the game because the ball's going back and forth and it's exciting and both teams are countering and it's, uh, you know, the excitement is and, and, and stress levels go through the roof because there's, it feels like well, maybe if there is control, it doesn't feel like it. And um, so I, I, is it concerning at all that um, we're maybe not seeing that or is, is it just a, a, a natural product of facing these kind of narrow low blocks is that you're just not going to be able to pull them out that that's why we're crossing the yeah. ball so much. I mean, it's just this is how it's going to be because you can't really play Ange ball against teams that are going to bunker. So, so I think fundamentally there's a misunderstanding of what what Ange ball is, right? That's 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 my view, and and you know I think people have created this um, Tommy Burns type all out attacking, you know, strategy in their head with no regard to defense at all, and I just don't think that's right. I, just, I don't I have no no reason that uh, I, I believe his 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 philosophy is to win football matches, and everywhere he's been, he's won football matches, he's won titles. And what he's trying to do is to create a fo- football team that will win matches. He wants to win matches by attacking. That's 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 the thing, right? So he's not gonna he's not gonna shut shut up shop. He's not gonna park the bus. He's gonna try and win football matches by attacking. That doesn't mean say you don't defend, right? But it means that when you play a team like Leverkusen, you don't park the bus. You go toe to toe with them, and you say, "Right, I'm I'm going to give these players the belief that makes them think they can beat Leverkusen." And yes, we should have lost, and yes, we got hammered. And even if the game had been in any way just to the XG outcome, we would still have got hammered, but we'd have lost like four two, <laughs> and we'd have had a right good go, right? But 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 that you know, with a, with a team that's got obvious weaknesses, as we, as we keep saying. So I, I don't believe Ange Ball is is is, a, is a, some naive all out attacking philosophy I, I believe he wants to control the game he wants to keep possession and he wants to score goals and what we saw in the last two games i think is a is, is i i think is, is closer to his model than the leverkusen game we, we won games we, we looked like scoring goals we scored less goals than our xg suggested we should in both games um and you know so uh, i i would take that as as, as more of a, a manifestation of Ange ball than even ferry faros which which you know I think was in essence, but um, you know, uh, would would better defenders make better decisions, and, and and therefore you wouldn't be losing four goals. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. He's not, yeah. he got, we, we, you know, there's nothing new here, right? He hasn't got the players that he wants to to fully right. play the way the way he wants to. Sorry, I'm I, just turning my phone off. No, it's okay. That's a great answer. Um, exactly what I was looking for is this is the stand-in <laughs> host um, because I, I I agree with you, and I there's some. Um, some statistics to back this up. So um, when, when you look at his transition period at Marinos, 
Um, you know, again, with, with my uh, markets background, it's, it's, um, you know, a big distinction between relative and absolute when, when we're talking about analyzing things and, uh, and within the context of investment markets, it's uh, relative to inflation or not. Right. So that's the absolute return, relative return, nominal returns, that kind of thing. And if you look at Ange's transition at Marinos, he basically jacked up the XG in his first season, even though they, you know, they kind of fought relegation. Um, and with all of that extra, I mean, really ramped it up. Um, and with all of that extra attacking kept their conceded XG basically flat season over yeah. season. Yeah. So, so just doing that by itself within the context of, you know, so on a, on a, on a, uh, a relative basis, it was in parity, but at, on an absolute basis, because of how much, that attacking forward, um, you know, because when you attack a, a lot, you're going to create some vulnerabilities. Um, and, you know, that to me is a good defensive output um, because of that. And so far this season, I think a very under, you know, highlighted um, uh, aspect is that we're conceding fewer chances so far than what we did last season. And that's with, I would say, arguably significantly less talent playing in defense, yeah. um, at least a material amount, meaning that, you know, at the start of last season compared to uh, what we went into this season with and even after, you know, the end of the, the, the transfer window, um, I think just from a talent perspective, it's, it's really not even close. Um, so, you know, everyone keeps talking about these things. Uh, and, and the narratives are uh, not necessarily aligned with the reality is, is kind of why we do this uh, pretty regularly because yeah. those things tend to diverge. So, I mean, we are just looking now. I mean, we're still, we're still averaging 1.2 expected goals against per game. But then if you look at the, if you look at the more recent games, yeah, okay, so it's over 2.2 away in Betis, 3.8 against Leverkusen. But domestically i was gonna say have, i should have i should have qualified my that what i was referencing was domestic not yeah, not okay, um okay. not within europe yep sorry yeah, about yeah. that but domestically we haven't conceded one xg over you know in a game um since sorry and i'm just scrolling through since um in fact the hearts league Cup gonna, game in august yeah okay so 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 you know that that's reasonably solid. I think domestically, um, you know, it's it's and and, and Motherwell not point three was probably a season, a season low. It was that was lower than even it was against Wraith Rovers, right? So um, that's that's and I think that's a jump in improvement. It's just basic, but I'm sure basic things like Hart, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, you know, now now have played seven, eight, nine games together. Just little things like that. People, you know, people know the jobs better. Bolongoli probably helped. I think his athleticism helped a bit in terms of recovery. So yeah, definitely uh, that's improving. And I, I, and I think I, I observe what you previously said, which is that he's, he what, what he has done is he's improved XG for like phenomenally uh, already. And, and I think it's considerably above last season's. I, I can't remember what it was last season. I'll be honest, but it, it's well above. It's about two point six or seven or something this season. Um, which is quite, you know, quite difficult to maintain. You would think, 
but we, yeah, thought we, were, su- we were su- sub two last season, if I recall right. correctly. Okay, so that's 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 you know nearly you know nearly more than half a goal a game, I suppose. So a goal, a goal every other game, if you want to put it that way, um, which is going to be quite you know quite considerable over the over the course of a season. Um, yeah, two point six actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah. Well, let, let's draw a line under the Motherwell game then, and mm. maybe dive into the uh, Farish Faros game a little bit uh, deeper. So, before I forget, uh, uh, Andrew uh, on uh, Twitter um, asked uh, what the the pack pass score was for Jota's assist to Kyoko, and I, I said, you know what, I. I um, message him back because i had the exact same thought after the game i was like i wonder mm. what alan's gonna have on his <laughs> uh his pack score for that one because that's and what the record is because it, it has to be somewhat close i would think uh no nowhere near too many defenders were forward i guess he yeah, already no, took he, took, him out well, he, took out, he took out all four defenders which is always a rare very rare event so take out all four defenders in one pass is really rare but actually if you look at the moment he gets the ball. So when, when he gets the ball from Montgomery, um, there's already, I think, three Ferenc Faros forwards are already behind behind yeah, he took him at out that point. With the pass and the dribble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when, And then when he received the ball from Montgomery, he burst past another two players. So he only actually had five players between him and Kyogo when he right. when he hit the pass. I say only five. I think the more more remarkable was the 60, <laughs> 60 yards he had right. to thread the thread the ball through the way he threaded it. Um, so as a pack pass, um, that's not the, so. There was a pass. I can't remember. Was it Carter Vickers early in the season, who two, 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 literally took out all eleven players with one with one pass? Well, it does happen. Ball. It happens. It happens about one or two times a season on average, where somebody okay. takes out the whole team with one pass. Scott Brown did it in a Scottish Cup match. Brilliant, brilliant long loft pass through. Took the whole team out, and somebody put it away. So yeah, not impressive from that perspective per se. Um, and the fact that Kyogo hit the ball from outside the box means it wasn't even a particularly high XG <laughs> chance either. So Jota didn't even get a high expected assist from from the chance either. Right. But damn statistics. I know. But <laughs> but if if that disappoints, this one won't. So you brought up packing in Jota. Okay. In all the time I've done Celtic by numbers, I have never never had a player have a packing score more than two hundred in a single game. And he achieved that. Okay, so let me yeah. explain a little bit as to what that actually means. So think about packing as, again, think of it as transactional. You've got a passer and you've got a receiver, okay? If you've broken the line with that pass, you get credit to the passer, that's a pack pass, and you get credit to the receiver who's made the movement, got themselves into space, controlled the pass, and then is ready to do the next next action. So the, both sides of that transaction get credit for, for the packing um, piece, which is why it's a far superior um, stat than progressive pass because all progressive pass does is say somebody made a progressive pass it doesn't tell you anything about the context of how many players you've taken out of the game and it doesn't credit someone else being at the end of that who might have made some movement uh, you know to, to reward that so y- Yota's packing stats were, were you know the highest I've ever recorded and it, and it was mainly so although he actually provided seven I think it was seven yeah seven pack passes and has had the third best Pack, pack passing score after McGregor and Carter Vickers, it was his it was his movement off the ball and his ability to find space. He, he received the ball twenty five times, 
in a, in a position that was you know, at least taking somebody out of the game. And I think his ability to find space, his, his first touch is a dream, his control, his ability to take the ball under pressure and still balance himself to then do something, is sta- you know, stands him out as a technically excellent player, absolutely top-class player in that regard. You know, I'm, I still think his, his, his expected assists, expected goals... It's probably going to to potentially disappoint, but in terms of getting the team up the park, getting the team into dangerous positions, making things happen around him, he's going to be absolutely gold dust. Um, and if Celtic can get him for six and a half million, I'm already. I mean, we've done, you know nine games I've captured from so far, and I've made him my man of the match four times in nine games, which is again pretty remarkable actually. But that 200, two, he broke 200 for packing, which is a first. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, my research assistants have just uh, broke in. <laughs> I, I try to secure them uh, when we do these things, and somehow it was like Al- Alcatraz. Uh, they, they got off of the island somehow. Hello, <laughs> say hello to the world. Um, yeah, it, it, it's his. Um, you got fireworks going on there. Ah, oh, sorry, the windows open. And I've got fireworks. Oh I'll, no, that's okay. I'll, 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 all adds to the all adds to the atmosphere, right? <laughs> get, uh, going to give our, our Glaswegian viewers a flashback to last year, a bad one. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was, and I, I put this in my thread today. I mean, it, it was one of the more, you know, I didn't characterize it this way, but I, I did characterize it as dominant. I mean, I, it, I thought he was dominant yesterday and that, that's not, you know, that doesn't happen that often when you, when you walk away from a Celtic game where one player is just, just head and shoulders above any what anyone else does and at a level that isn't you know you know home to ross county or when, when somebody scores four or five goals against a, a lower table domestic competitor i mean ferris faros is is not no great team but they're competent well managed have decent talent have done well the last couple of seasons been on the ascendancy within their league uh and within europe so for him to just you know walk into a game against that level of an opponent and dominate i think is just a huge huge um indication of upside you know we always yeah. talk about or people talk about ceiling where's the ceiling at and i think that's i i, I even when i do a statistical analysis i look for outliers i want to see you know what's the upside how, how uh, you know because it's not he's he may never hit that level of uh pack scoring again um yeah possibly not. <laughs> but but he's shown the capacity to do it that yeah. right so yeah. that that's the that upside that ceiling is is the part yeah. that's uh for me really really exciting and then the, when, when you incorporate that that quantitative aspect with the qualitative which is you know for him to have the vision and the confidence and the technical competency in, to deliver that kind of ball um and we already kind of knew that Kyogo has um, the same to receive and to finish. Uh, you know that 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 combination is just really really exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that was three three world class actions in succession. You know, the the pass, the touch, and the finish just just absolutely sublime. And if you if you do that against any team, you're probably going to score. It's the it's the opposite to what I always say. You've heard me talk about if you do three things wrong, you're probably going to concede a chance and you may concede a goal. Um, it nearly always happens. So similarly, if you do three things, 
of world class in a row, then you know that, yep. these 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 are the things that can happen. Um, well, let's, and, let's... And, 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 and listen, in a game like that, where you, like you say you've huffed and puffed for sixty minutes against a low block, and you know you're struggling, that's that's what um, that's what that's 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 the difference maker, right? And that, and that's why you have those players. I mean, Ferenc Faros had pushed up. I know you put in your thread earlier about. You know, would they have had all those players in attacking positions if they'd been one up? Well, that was what they were doing in the first half. As soon as they got the chance to overload, they were their fullback went, their right side of midfielder went, and their right winger went, and they they were and they created overloads. They created a few ch- opportunities in that first half. That I was like, oh, this looks really bad. I'm not happy about this, especially against the fullbacks that we've got. And that's what they were looking to do. So when when you know. Z- uh, Zachariah uh, took the took Zacharias and took the ball up the, all the way up the pitch. The fullback was going right. I'm I'm going with you, right? And that's why they had so many players up the pitch when Yota got the chance to to break suddenly. Yeah, that's just the way they that's the way they played, and they were very passive. Other than that, um, you know, we had a, I think we might have had their highest our highest passes per defensive action of the season in that game. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they, they were uh, – so I, I, I happened to look before the game. Um, now, it's obviously just the two group games, and they played two very good teams. So I think you have to take that into account, and they are the fourth seed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they, they were either the last team in the entire Europa League so far or the second to last. I can't remember, but I know they were either last or second to last in passes per defensive action. So they – Right. And, and I um, – I had also looked at um, the last couple of years in Europe and that they're, they're just not, they're, they're a selectively pressing team. And I think we saw that meaning that I, I, um, I joked with a friend of mine and uh, uh, on WhatsApp at halftime. Uh, I mean, they all, I think they really only pressed us with intensity on one occasion in the first half. And it took us about a minute to get out of our half because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, they were pressing, but they weren't doing it in a way that was trying to really win the ball aggressively i mean they were they were aggressively pressing but they weren't you know tackling they weren't diving into tackles they were doing it more positionally um and that's actually when you when you look at how they were able to uh give bettis and leverkusen a little bit of problems uh it was doing that kind of thing and forcing uh mistakes and uh fortunately we we didn't commit any uh in in that first half when they when they did deploy it now that's going to lead me to my my next question for you which is um, when we we talk about narratives, um, I think the narrative has switched a little bit on our, our buddy Starfelt, who you and I have uh, taken some ribs on over time um, uh, in our, our uh, you know, uh, let's call it modest support for his effectiveness in uh, in defending at times and, and qualified support uh, with some nuance. Um, I, I think what's interesting... Uh, there is all about um, result, meaning that had that mistake that he made late uh, resulted in a goal, which is, you know, complete randomness to a degree, meaning that it just happened to, you know, Hart did a good job. And, you know, if, if Hart had been a step to his right instead of where he was or the the ball back is a you know a step mm-hmm. or two one way or the other. I mean, these are fine margins. If that kind of a mistake had resulted in a goal, it, it's the same kind of mistake he's had multiple times this season. He gets uh, all kinds of glowing uh, comments about his. I've, I saw uh, 
you know, not scientific, but sampling anecdotally, you know, his best performance of the season. And I, again, I thought he was good. I, overall, he was good, but he's got mistakes in him um, because we're asking him to do something that's maybe not something that he's built for. Um, so how do you think that the back line performed yesterday from a um, an overall perspective, meaning that just from a pure performance perspective, not the fact that we kept, you know, as Ann said it after the game, it's not so much about clean sheets; it's about performance. God, God bless the man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, yeah. One, he's one of the faithful, uh, our faithful, <laughs> right, Alan? Um, so, what, what what how do you think that they they uh, they performed? So with, with Starfelt, the two incidents, which I don't, I think we're just going to have to live with because it's just the way he is. The first is is what happened immediately after Celtic scored the opening goal, which is they kicked off and then they launched it long and he lost the header, and and this is just how this happens. This happens so much um, because he's just not strong in the air. Um, you know his his defensive action success rate is sixty seven percent, which is like one of the worst I've ever recorded for centre half. This is now after you know at least a dozen games, and I think what's happened is I don't think it's going and I don't think he's going to get any higher. And 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 if I look at stats for aerial duels, it would be it would be it would be horrendous, because I think what's happening is, you know, it's what I said I think in a couple of episodes ago where, I think Postico is a smart guy and he's simplifying he's making him simplify his game so he's not the first contact, he's not going to make the first contact for most challenges. Carter Vicker isn't. Carter Vicker is a slightly stronger, although he's about the same height, he's a slightly stronger, more robust defender, better in the air. And when he does get the ball, um, Starfelt, he's, he's going to play it really simple. And that has been very successful the last few games. In fact, for three games in a row, he didn't give away a single pass in open play. So, and he only gave away three last uh, last night, I think. And one of those was like an attempted long, long pass, which is the only one he attempted all night. Yeah, he, he it's crazy. Uh, I mean, what I've looked at, that level of ball security Mm-hmm. is yeah. is a true outlier like i i have a hard time finding other uh center backs that play that simple and and to for, to his credit i mean you can play simple and still screw it up <laughs> as we as we see people do um so he's pretty effective at doing it so it's it's he's simple and secure with it and and to a degree that's just really unusual yeah he's he's 96% is passing from open plays 96% which is very difficult to improve, actually. <laughs> but but so the other thing, so so we're going to have to live with the fact he's just not aerially dominant and he gets beaten in the air a lot. And that means his overall defensive stats get absolutely, uh, you know, carnage because of that. And the second thing is the thing that happened at the end where he just he just takes too many physical movements to get his body shape right. You know, if you look, compare and contrast even with um, Scales when he came on, Scales just looked a very composed, organised footballer. He gave the ball... He, his body was still when he received the ball, and it was still, and and he could he could he could pass it with minimal extraneous body movement. When Starfield gets the ball, there's, there's so much extra movement going on, there's so much adjustment going on, and 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 that all that energy and movement takes milliseconds out of your game, and and that's yeah. what happens. You get caught, you know, in, in, like that because that is a game of absolute fractions, and against better teams with quicker players, you're going to get caught. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you change that in him because he's just got this ungainly, extraneous movement that he does on all us. Even when you see him getting the ball on his right foot and then he adjusts and turns to pass it, there's a lot of body movement going on there. 
and I'm sure you don't need to do it, do half of it. Yeah, I, I, again, this is me just anecdotally. Um, he, he seems not to be terribly comfortable on his left, left foot. So do, do you think all of those things that you're referencing is compounded by him being on the left, or it's just, it is what it is? I don't, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm always thoroughly disappointed but not surprised that the number of professional footballers are completely uncomfortable on their left. So he's absolutely not alone in that. Uh, but he, it's you know it's his it's his it's his movement, and I don't know if I'm what I'm saying makes any sense to people. No, I, I, he, I'm he, sorry. He, For me, it makes sense. I was just saying, yeah, does, yeah. He, does he have I, to shift his body more because he's on the left than if he were playing possibly, on the right? Yeah, kind of, poss- okay. possibly. And it's interesting that Carter Vickers has been chosen to play on the on the right. Um, and I don't I don't and I don't know the reason for that. This this which centre half plays in which left or right positions fascinates me, and I'd I'd love to have an expert on to maybe talk through how you would make that decision uh, because I, I don't claim to understand why why that is the case, <laughs> especially with Starfoot, where he does seem so physically di- uncomfortable in having to move his body to adjust his position, uh, which you will get more off playing as a right-sided player on the, on the left like that. So so those two things, the lack of aerial dominance, the the, the fact that he, he just takes that millisecond too long to get his body shape sorted to do to do his next action, I think I don't think that's going to change. Carter Vickers seems to have, you know, since the you know, the last two games, seems to his confidence seems to you know have skyrocketed, and he, he looks incredibly comfortable and powerful. His defensive action success rate is now up to eighty one percent, so that's getting up to the, your sort of Ayer Julian levels. So that's right. really good. So, but then again, you, you need, I think we you know we need some context here. Like I say, Carter Vickers is going to make first contact. Starfelt's going to sweep, right? So Kartovic is the one winning the headers all the time. Starfelt's the one that's sweeping up behind. So Star, Starfelt, um, numbers are going to look as long as he's winning his headers, they're going to look better in that in right. that regard. So you know you need to need to be careful how how you present that. But um, what what impressed me most about Kartovic uh, against French Varos was, as I mentioned, this 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 relationship he'd, he'd managed to uh, form with Rogic. And the, and the pack passes he was pinging down the inside uh, right channel to Rogic really got Celtic moving quickly, and that's a part of his game which I didn't see coming particularly. But then again, you know, if Starfelt's not going to break lines, then it's, it's, it's useful if Kartovicus can can start to do that. Yeah, and that that's um, that's something that I I was surprised when I when I did his data profile when we we signed him. Um, I, I didn't see a lot of evidence of that. No, uh, with, with how I do my profiling, uh, and then he teased us with that crazy through ball that took out the entire team. I think it was that was either his first or second game when he did that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like again thinking about ceiling. It's like okay, well he's capable of doing something like that once. Now you know, is this something that he's going to be able to do? And I, I, my sense with him is it's been uh, inconsistent and mixed, meaning that he shows the ability to hit Rogic with those kind of passes. He he does some of these crazy good through balls on occasion, and then other times he just makes really bad reads. You know he'll he'll pass balls to guys that aren't open, or he misplaces it, and it looks like a bad turnover. Um, and and uh, you know I think that was against Motherwell. They're one of their better chances uh, that that I chronicled on that on my thread after that game was basically off of an example of that. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'll be interested to see how he, how he, uh, progresses in that regard and whether well, that's something. 
that can get up because he's still young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to touch on that consistency piece, then, so he's averaging twelve pack passes a game, which is behind only behind McGregor and Bitton, who we know are both excellent in that regard. Yeah. And twelve again is up there with the better centre halves that we've had. So. You know, do you, because do you, he's shaping up. He's shaping up nicely. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I've, I've never actually asked you this. I, do you, um do you do you track um ac, um like success rate or an accuracy rate on on that metric? Meaning that you, that twelve average of twelve is that twelve attempts? Is that twelve? That's twelve completed, completed passes. Okay. So, so if a pass was would have broken the line but got intercepted, I don't ca- I don't count that as an incomplete pass and an incomplete pack pass. That's something gotcha. I, I don't do. Um, gotcha. it's, it comes back to just time. I mean, no, add, I get it. I was to, just to, add, to add context to every pass. Yeah, it's impossible. When, 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 when there's, when there's nearly a thousand in the game, <laughs> it would just be a nightmare. That's why stats bomb and all these companies I've seen it. They actually yeah. have developed, um, you know, basically they've gamified the data collection. So they've set up almost like a, a gamer would, remote right. controls, all this stuff, so that when they're go- watching the games and collecting all of the data, they got the custom-made software that's all been gamified with game controls in order for them to do this, like, you know, freaking robots, like the Borg, um, because there is. I mean, it's 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 crazy to be able to try and um, ca- capture all of these things with, 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 you know. I don't know how uh, you do it in real time. I mean, my spreadsheet is, is that I <laughs> capture my game well, data in is like, you know, just the number of columns. It's just super crazy. I mean, it's yeah. You, you just you just throw up your hand. I mean, I don't know how many. There's, there's nearly sixty columns. Yeah, that's well, just, I, I, that's just I, the basic stuff. I, I, I think we see uh, how hard it is because um, hmm. you know the optic quality that that's shown in the FopMob uh, Fop app is, you know, understandably. I mean, it's hard yeah. to do it. So there, it, it is. Some, it is. I mean, no, some, just a, just a small thing. Like I think you said um, from or somebody was saying, oh, McGregor, hundred and six passes well i i got him for 94 now that you might think who cares but that's that's a relatively large percentage difference right, right. if you if you assume a same level of error across all of your data then you're gonna be you're gonna be uh the, like the xg for the french farms i saw some xgs that were around four for french yeah. for us and what i tend to find is i'm always in the middle so if some come right. in super low and some come in super high, i'm always coming in the middle so i was like 2.6 or something like that which which felt right to me you know felt, that felt like a about, you know about about a sensible a sensible number yeah you, so um why scout had it now this is with penalty why scout had it with i think at 297 hmm. stats bomb had it at about 350 but the big difference there is um the the stats bomb model uh, i think i don't know this for a fact but uh if you look at the american soccer analysis ser- uh, series that they've done on where goals come from which mm-hmm. you know anyone that's watching that that's is interested great. at all in analytics yeah, yeah. i mean it's like a it's an incredible um series that they've been doing on on breaking down you know actually what fuels goals and that sounds and it's, one, it's one of their early xg models that i use by the way so it's yeah it's very yeah. very old one yeah you can do manually on a spreadsheet you don't need yeah. to be measuring you don't need to be measuring cosines and signs of angles right i can't i couldn't can do that yeah. <laughs> yeah well and so in their series they've looked at different you know uh pack passes or progressive passes and you know it's amazing across all these leagues that they've been doing the analysis the the relationships are relatively stable meaning that what percentage of goals come from 
pack passes, what come from crosses, what come from through balls. And through balls are um, typically the highest value yeah, passes yeah. in the game. And it's not close. I, I think they're like two or three times more um, dangerous relative to the quality of chances that result. And um, if you look at the uh, the game yesterday, as we talked about, ironically, we didn't score on either of them. <laughs> um because I don't think the Kyogo, I mean, they might have, I have, I have to look at this. I don't know if they characterized Kyogo's, I don't know if that was technically a through ball, but it may have been, um, but I, I, it may have been, yeah, but they give a little bit of a bump in their XG model, I think, specifically, because they do code things through ball. Mm-hmm. And um, so they had, I did notice on the Jota and uh, who was the other one that was missed Terrible. late? Turnbull. Mm-hmm. Um, those two both missed through ball shots, but the they were higher than what, Opta had in Fop Mob or right. um, okay, interesting. Yeah. Then Y Scout. The other the other big difference was um, the aerial balls. So um, because some of the chances were headers and the bicycle kick for Jackamacus, for example, yeah, yeah. that that was one that if you you know if you're just coding it as a right footed shot from that distance, from central, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I think yeah. uh, I think Fop Mob had that at like twenty eight point two eight, whereas. Um, uh, well, I, I didn't even know this, but, it, you know, you come across these little nuanced situations where you realize things uh, by looking at all this crap all the time like we do. And um, so I'm pretty sure Scout had something in it in their model relative to the type of delivery and because they had it, I think, at like 0.06 or something. Right. And. You know, and so did and so did Stats Bomb because yeah, it was yeah, a freaking yeah. it was a freaking over the head bicycle. Yeah, yeah, pick. yeah. <laughs> and my, 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 well, this, this is it. And my model is equally as unsophisticated, but I think it arrives at broadly the right answer. But but the, they again, all kind of average is, out. Yeah, they all they average do. out. And this, all the this nuances, is why yep. this is why you should really only use it as a as a long a long view uh, with a, with a large sample, not necessarily. A, I think it's interesting and it's fun on a single game, but it's not right. how it was intended to be used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 you know, it doesn't. Uh, n- none of the XG data uh, is is really reflective of who's going to quote unquote win a game. It, there's too much variance, and we talk about that all the time. But um, so I thought I would just touch on that. Well, let's w- want to get into the fullbacks here, and then I have one more um, uh, question for you, kind of uh, prospectively. Hmm. So, what? Wh- how did you think the uh, the fullbacks played? Because I my sense is that that was our weak spot defensively, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, and they were they were going for that. As I say, they, when when with the ball was in wide areas, they were overloading. That's really where they were, and there were some hairy moments in that first half. They made some poor decisions when they got into wide areas um, that looked really dangerous. I was like hiding behind the, the you know the city at that point when the ball went wide like that a couple of times. Um, you know, Montgomery got caught out, uh, and Rolson obviously you know is 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 not quick. He's not you know he's not quick over a short distance. Uh, his recovery pace. Um, and, and I feel terrible, but you know, bashing Rolston every week, or I feel like I do. And when you see the effort he puts in, and just the sheer commitment and the, and the heart that the kid's got, is just incredible. He's um, my favorite that, player and, right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and I, absolutely, absolutely spot on. And I ought to do a proper piece on him. It's got nothing to do with an, an yeah. analytics. I just, I just love just, him. I mean, you can't, you can't. It, no, you can't. You can't do anything but. But, but, the, yeah. but, you know. And I'm, I hate to be that. Hate to be that guy. But there were at least five or six times last night. Where and I'll give you one specific example of what I mean when I so when I talk about Rolston and why he just isn't isn't the quality that we need. Well, number one is his first touch, right? And 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 you know to be a professional footballer, if you don't have a good first touch, 
he's what he's a he's a classic case, and, and a lot of this is something that happens a lot in British football, and would happen, less happen in Spain. That somebody like a Rolson comes along, and he's got so many sort of mental and um, you know, sort of mentally strong, um, so many sort of uh, psychological traits and physical traits that, com- that in, in coach's eyes would compensate for his lack of technical ability. Whereas in Spain, he wouldn't make he wouldn't make the under twelves, right? Just, his first, they'd look at his first touch and go, "You're not good enough, pal." And right. and and that, that honestly, that's what would happen. But, in, but we, but we, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we we, we 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 love players like that. Right. And um, there, there, there was a couple, there was an occasion in the first half where he received the ball. And his first touch was a little bit clumsy, and it just nudged the ball a little bit out of his reach, and he had to scramble to get the ball back. And then that meant that the, that the, all the passing avenues are closed, and he turned back to, to Carter Vickers, and he gave Carter Vickers a horrible ball because Carter Vickers was now pinned on on the right in the right back position with nowhere to go, and had to sort of launch it up the wing and gave the ball away. Now that's just a tiny little example, right? But that that situation in Europe against a really good team yeah. can lead to you losing possession and losing a goal, and it's because technically. He just, he just, he just, and and that happened four or five times. He, you know, his body shape's not quite right. His first touch is not quite right. The pass is not quite right. Um, and and unfortunately, that's what you're going to get. And he compensates with with that like an amazing challenge. That's an incredible challenge that he put in to say goal saving challenge that he put in. And everyone will remember that, and rightly so, as a big moment in the game. But if you're going to play at the top level in Europe, these are the. It's not. It's not just those moments. Those big moments. It's all these other cumulative little moments that mean you lose possession. You didn't. You didn't see that pass. You couldn't make that line ball because your technique wasn't good enough, and you lose that opportunity. And when you're playing a really good side, and you don't get many opportunities. These these mount up very quickly, and that's and it, and it may not even come out in the data. I think it will because I think his his passing just his pass completion will be really poor relative to the fact that. His pass completion, say, look, look, look a Yota. Yota's pass completion might be relatively low, but then, God, look at the chances he's creating. Look at the look right. at the expected assists he's got. Look at the number of times he's losing the ball because he's trying to do something really creative. Versus Rolson just loses the ball because he's technically not very good, and it's going to come out in that. I suspect defensively his numbers are going to be pretty good. And I suspect you know there's not going to be anything that's like a massive outlier that says you're terrible. It's going to be just that distribution, but that is so crucial in in the, the way that Celtic play. And I feel really crap now, but saying all yeah, that. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I've long had a soft spot for, you know, and, and I don't, I, I don't, um, you know, one, one of my favorite uh, John Lennon songs is "Working Class Hero," and you know, I've always gravitated to, you know, when I was a kid, I hated, and I still hate the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but they had this guy, Kurt Rambis, when I was a little kid who played for them. He wore like not even rec specs. You know what I mean? Where everybody rec specs. Back mm. then, the guys would wear rec specs if they had to wear glasses. He didn't right. even wear that. Like he wore like black rim FBI agent looking glasses with like a strap around the back. Right. And he just played like, you know, and I mean this in, a, in, a, uh, in an admiring sense, in a, like a lunatic. You know, he just worked his ass off and did a lot of the dirty jobs and rebounding and defense. And, you know, he was a team player and he he was always the first guy to dive on the floor and go help pick up a teammate that got down. And, mm-hmm. you know, just a rah-rah guy who's a great teammate. And so I've always had a soft spot for those kind of players. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, and, and uh, I saw somebody in the comments here about, you know, leadership and 
some of the qual- the qualitative things that players bring. And I, I we, we've talked about this repeatedly. A hundred percent, those things are valid and matter. Um, it's a question of what margin it is. <clears throat> is is it the is it the I've my contention's been it's what makes the difference on the very highest of margin, and that talent is like you know ninety eight percent. As far as you know, a player goes, and unless you're talking about people who are just total whack jobs, you know, you get some people that are, <laughs> you know, they have all the talent in the world and they just literally don't show up and do their job. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I hope he's able to um, continue to improve to the point where he can be a, um, a, a, a domestic squad player at Celtic. I think that would be a great outcome for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm rooting for him to get to. Mm. Oh, sure. Um, so, so what, what, so let's get to the, the last question here and then we'll wrap it up. Um, cause it's been active in the chat. So I, I have been keeping an eye on, on the conversations, including some of our, uh, must, uh, it must all be abuse. You've not mentioned. <laughs> no, it's not, it hasn't been, there's a lot of conversation going. So yeah, I've been yeah. kind of monitoring the conversation and, um, one of the things that's been going back and forth other than, uh, I think there was at least one Rangers fan dropping in to say hello, uh, was, um, with Julian coming back in theory and when mm. Juranovic returns, mm. um, does, uh, where does Julian fit in? If, if he does as in the starting lineup, who does he supplant and, um, who's dropped when, Duranovich and let's say Taylor as well. Let's keep Taylor mm. in the mix here. He might be a little more prolonged given yeah. the seriousness uh, in the timeline. But um, so what, what do you think in, on assuming that we don't change significantly at the, in the January window, when we line up at the end of January, who, who's our starting back for? Yeah. Like, yeah. A good, good question. So, I mean, Julian has been out for nearly, if not over a year now. Right. So that is going to take some rehab and some careful, nurturing back so i don't see him being i don't i'd be amazed if he's a regular 90 minutes every 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 four days uh he's not going to be that this side of new year i'd be astonished based on where we are today um i think any anyway again and he's a big guy right as i said before he's going to probably take longer and be more at risk to other um secondary type injuries uh, if he's rushed back um so if he does come back at the moment, I think Carter Vickers is the guy who's definitely shining in that role. I think Starfelt, you know, I, 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 and I, as you said, I've shined a light for Starfelt, but just being honest about what I see as being his weaknesses. But I think it, it, it would potentially be Julian and Starfelt as the starting pair as we sit here today. Julian, again, underrated ability to pass through the lines. His distribution's actually pretty good. He's obviously incredibly really dominant. I mean, Celtic cannot even put a corner into the box now because there's literally nobody to aim for. <laughs> you know, we've got two six-foot centre-halves, barely six-foot centre-halves. And, you know, so I, I imagine Julien, you know, for his physical profile and his attributes that the rest of the team don't have and the fact that his passing is pretty decent, um, would probably come back into the team. But he generally played on the right side of <laughs> the back for uh, the centre-back positions as well. So that'll be interesting. I'll, th- um, I'll throw in. I'll, yeah. I'll just. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll just throw no, no. in one nugget, just because it's mm. germane to what you just said mm. there. He he actually. Um, so I've, I I had written something about this a while back. I don't. Even, it was back in 1920 season, I think. But um, his time at Toulouse, 
I think he played the majority of it. I don't think it was necessarily like 90% or something like that. Cause I think they moved him around. Um, but I believe he played the majority of his minutes on the left side, oh. which, which always made it weird that we kept insisting on Iyer given his one footedness play on the left side. Yes. Because it seemed like Julian could have played on the left. Yeah. But they never tried it that way. So, so listen, if anyone's listening and knows a coach who's really expert on organizing defenses, you can come and join us and explain to us how yep. you make a decision between who plays left back, left sided, and right sided. Because I, I would love to know. <laughs> yeah, if they're not left footed, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. How, how do they come up with who? Do, is it just rock, paper, scissors? Or uh, who, who's got the short straw? It can't be. I'm sure there's science behind it, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you on that. No, 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 no. That makes no, that's good. That. I didn't realize that. That's good, good information. Um, I mean, you know, again, apologies. Love Rolston, love you, love you, baby, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Juranovic for me comes comes straight back in at right back. Left back's really interesting, right? I mean, Montgomery at times looked petrified actually on the field last night. I, I'm, I'm getting and, to the point where I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry I, for him. I really did. I, I think he's being, um, he's being overexposed. Yeah, I don't. I, he needs to be protected. I think. Agreed. Agreed. And, and and to an extent, Abada, uh, that both both young players, I think, are probably playing way more minutes than anyone anyone probably wanted to be fair to him. I don't, I don't want to criticise him really because of that, um, right. you know. And then we're back to well, Bolangoli. They obviously, I mean, I'm guessing they thought they were going to sell him, which is why he wasn't registered for Europe. But actually, in the two games he's played, he's been pretty decent, and and that athleticism that he brings just complements the, the team quite well. And or, or you're down to scales who we've not really we've seen for like you know 40 minutes. And and then good old Taylor, who again, Taylor's a little bit like Rolls, like Starfield. Actually, he's got some great attributes and great qualities, and he's got some weaknesses that you just we're not going to change them. They're not going to go away. We're not going to make him taller. We're not going to make him significantly faster. You know, you know, he's and he's not going to suddenly turn into Kieran Tierney when it's a European night. It's just not going to happen. So no, no great choices on the left side, but at least some options if. Bolongoli stays. Scales looked. I like the look of Scales. It's only early days, but he looked. I, I use the term well organized. Um, you just just kept, played a simple game. His his decision making was good. His positioning was good. It's, it's, it was solid looking. <laughs> I like that. I'll take he, that at this point in time. <laughs> he he, str- he struck me. Uh, and again, it's been obviously a ridiculously small sample, but. Yeah. Again, just intuitively, been watching enough sports for long enough. I mean, I have no other life, basically. This is what I do. It's, I've done, it's been the same thing since I was six. So I've wasted my entire life just watching this stuff is and, and pretending to play uh, when my before my body fell apart and I got fat and old. But um, is he, he strikes me as a, uh, let's call it a high IQ player. Like he, he seems like a, um, you know, uh, immediately he's got his head up, you know, he, he's, his, his, um, positioning and the, his body movements, as you said earlier, like right away, and may, maybe he doesn't have the technical ability. I mean, there's, we'll see. Um, but immediately to me, he looked like someone who's stepping into something there. He's not intellectually overwhelmed. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not blowing smoke out his ears, trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing and whether he can do it f- <laughs> athletically, that's where I think the question's going to be because even, you know, it didn't turn into anything, but he got absolutely smoked once down their wing. Hmm. Um, I don't know if he's fast enough. That'd be my hmm. concern. Um, hmm. given, and he's a big guy. So that's hmm. why I, I, 
you know, I've been thinking he profiles as a left center back and a back three. Um, yeah. Whether or not he can play as a left back at, at the European level, I'm skeptical because I'm not sure he's got that kind of out. And again, it's just a different level of speed, right? And even a, mm. a team against like at Ferenc Faros, you know, it, it, when, you, when you routinely come up against guys like Frimpong, that's what I'm talking about. And then you got a team like Leverkusen that's got two Frimpongs on the same freaking side, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. trying to go up against that kind of athleticism. Mm. It's, it's just a different um, kettle of fish, as they say. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I found I'm, you surprised me with your answer on Starfelt and, and uh, Julian. I get, I get the um, kind of the, the, let's call it the business priorities, given what they paid for Starfelt. Um, do, do you think that that has a role in part of why you answered the way you did? Or is it stylistically the combination? Because for me, um, Carter Vickers and Julian seem to complement each other well as well and um so is, do you like that combination of starfelt with the security on the ball and and um uh and then if maybe if we can move him to the right and play julian on the left and then you throw in his dominance in the air and his passing ability so you, like i said you surprised me with that answer so flush yeah, that no, out I thought that, could, that could work i just yeah i just feel the way that carter vickers has settled in I'm looking at his data. It's impressive. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood yeah, yeah. that. So you would yeah, yeah, you would yeah. go with Carter Vickers and Julian? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I yeah, apologize. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On left, I didn't I didn't really answer your question on on the left back because I don't I don't really know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I've not decided yet. <laughs> I, I, I think I said this a year ago. I I've I've completely just, you know, I, I'm I've uh, capitulated in trying to formulate any kind of analytical case there because mm. it's not making sense to me mm. um I, I don't i think there's an, a clear answer analytically um so if there's something else that's going on whether it's a disgruntled player baggage going back to the prior yeah. manager yeah. you mean even the ridiculous probably the the one that fits the the, the profile best right I, I don't even think it's close I, no, and, right. and again if you look at the athlete he look it, it looks like he's playing a different game than our other left backs in the two games that he's played athletically i'm not saying he's the greatest player no he, he offers very little creatively yeah creatively he's very yeah compared to taylor taylor's very underrated in that regard I, agreed yeah. when he can get the space when he's, he's got the he's, space and the time right <laughs> so a hundred percent but it, it it's Bolongoli is a European level athlete. Hmm. Uh, he's got enough speed, size. You know, he he could walk into the Rangers side and look like one of their players, hmm. right? The Bassies, the Pattersons, the guys that they've got. You know, Arebo. And as I, I started talking about this a year and a half ago, where they that's basically the model they had started going down, hmm. and that we still look like, you know as my, my mother would say, a bunch of we guys. Um, and, and um, yeah. yeah, so it, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I stopped investing any emotional <laughs> baggage there because I mean, again, the, what he did last season was moronic and ridiculous and indefensible and all those things. Um, but even since then, I mean, for two games, why? And, and injuries perhaps. And, but, Scales made it in the game, so mm -hmm. if you know, I I don't know. 
I'm, so we'll find out. We'll, yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to play on. Ask the eight ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? I think that's going to be really interesting. I, mm. I think that might help answer some of the questions about is is whatever is going on terminal and this was like two flashes because of whatever circumstances and that as soon as we have an inventory of players in that position that are defensible to play there that we'll never see them again or whether there's um you know a a a, a stomach to to bring them back into the fold as a legit first team player um because I, I you know i heading into you know, the business end of the season, as they say, with that back four, if it's Bowling Goalie, Julianne, Carter Vickers, and Juranovic, we pick up a number eight, a legit European level number eight hmm. to play with Turnbull, Rogic, one of the two, and rotate, and then McGregor as a six. Jota, some combination of Jota, Kyogo, Mikey Johnson, and, and Forrest. Mm-hmm. And you know, have Abada come on as a late impact sub. That all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, that's a team that can win the league. Yeah, and and maybe even have some fun in the conference uh, league in Europe if if we're able to look look like it looks like now. And, 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 um, and add, add in the incremental improvements that we're seeing in terms of absolutely the whole the whole shape and the system. And- and system, it, yeah, yeah, the system will have improved, and the quality of the pieces in the system. You know, my Jenga tower analogy, all of those things will have been, and and the the resulting quality could be, you know, a huge uptake uptake yeah. on what we what we've been seeing. Jan- January window will be it will be fascinating. It, well, and it like yeah. I if if they make those moves, I think because I, I have temp, I have moderate. I should say modest expectations because of all the stuff that I do on the uh, the financial side. Yeah, you're you're um, got donor donor on the money, haven't you, on the accounts? Well, I, again, it maybe is what for it an, is. maybe for another show. Yeah, like, I'm, 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 that, that's what I've been doing for thirty years. So you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Pr- I'm pretty I'll confident. I'm way at my depth. <laughs> well, no, I, so, so I'm, I only say that because I know I'm I'm pretty confident in what my analysis is there, and, and unless there's external money coming in somehow, what or share raise or something like that. Or they, I don't know. I I, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of money in January um, unless we sell somebody somehow. Mm. Um, so it might be one or two. And I, I, I'm taking the optimistic view on this, which is if we, you know, we already have a European level left back. If we play them, <laughs> um, that's kind of like a new, a new signing from a talent level in the squad. Mm. Um and then we get that eight in. I think that's all we need. Now we're still going to have some depth issues, hmm. but with a little bit of luck, all of a sudden we're we look like. I mean, compare that lineup with what we fielded to play Mitchelland. Hmm. I mean, it's hmm. freaking crazy the disparity, yeah. and with all the improvement and Ange appearing to be the real deal, and all, you know, I mean, that gets me excited thinking about hmm. that. And yeah. what gets me frustrated, and I got to walk back again. Well. Is we making should, decisions we, making decisions that pulls that away from us because we should, it we should probably we should probably stop 
there yeah, on that yeah. excited note <laughs> because <laughs> exactly. after, after all the after all the negativity of last season that's that's probably a exactly good place right. to stop it <laughs> good, call, good call alan good yeah, count. Yeah. And we're, we're over an hour too so yeah. uh i see i i didn't even know that was up there so now i i'm looking at the thing and there were 60 people that are crazy enough to be watching this so oh, thank thanks you. for everybody yeah thank you ever so much that's- thanks for everybody and I, I have been watching in the comments they they stream by very quick this is the first time I've tried to do this. So I tried to pick out some of them. And uh, so appreciate the you guys participating. Um, if you and, leave and, comments, and, if you leave comments on the YouTube uh, thing, I usually try and get some one of us usually try and get to, to respond to them. The, the ones that are in good faith anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for everybody joining us. We'll be back hopefully next week, most likely. Um, enjoy uh who, who do we play saturday johnson st johnson that's right yeah okay this is the, the congestion is still i'm about ready to pass out here an hour into this I, I can't believe i've made it this far um so thanks for everyone uh tuning in and uh we will talk to you next week take care